Well, this is Answers for Elders. I'm Chuck Olmstead. Suzanne Newman, who is the host of Answers for Elders, is on the other side of the mic today. I am here. <laughs> You're here. And you've got your dog, Whidbey, with you. So he's kind of huffing do. and puffing, puffing in the she's, background. She's my constant companion. And normally she's not in the studio with me, but she is today. She is today. And she's she's doing okay. It's kind of tough on her a little bit, but that's all right. Well, it's all new. It is all new. It's all new. new. And anybody that knows, I reads my bio, knows that she's kind of a center of my world. So. <laughs> well, that's right. In the first segment, we, we spoke about dealing with dif- difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. And those can be tough because it has to do a lot with how our relationship's been with our parents in the past and right. what we're thinking about for the future and all of the issues that happen uh, as they're navigating into this new season of their life. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and understanding that you are honoring your parent by having those conversations. It is not an imposition for you to say, mom or dad, you know, we need to have a serious conversation and I need to know what your wishes are so I can best honor you moving forward. It's not about you taking charge of their life. It's about understanding what they want. Mm-hmm. Because again, as their advocate, you know, you have to understand it's their life, not well, yours. Yeah, and you mentioned the idea of an advocate. is mm-hmm. That's a term that you specifically use, I use it? that. I use that. Yeah. And Why? I, that's a very good question, and it's perfect for moving into our second segment, mm. our second point. Um, a lot of people call the term caregivers, okay? To me, a caregiver is all about giving out and not taking care of yourself. It's all about having to, the, all this responsibility, you know, giving out and caring, right? But mm-hmm. it doesn't denote, you know, how you do so mindfully and from an you know, informed point of view. Um, An advocate is very different. An advocate has to do with number one, advocating for that individual, but it also comes from a a separate thing of, you know, I'm advocating for something because I stand for it, but it isn't a giving up of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's my number two principle, which is avoiding caregiver burnout. It caregiving, when I use the term caregiving, it's also advocacy. It is part of your life, but it shouldn't be your whole life. For me, I gave up my life um, and I went down the rabbit hole because I didn't know how to find that balance. And that was something that was really important for me. And once you, once, if you're involved with the care of a senior loved one, um, national statistics say that the average individual um, spends 20 hours a week um, in the care of a loved one, and um, close to about 25% of the, of the people that care for loved ones spend over 50 hours a week. So those are overwhelming statistics. And it's something that if you're putting that kind of time in, it's like, how do you take care of you? In the process, because you can't give to other people from an empty vessel. Well, and and you didn't necessarily address this uh, in the seminar, but because, um, you know, you were single at the time, it didn't really necessarily affect, you know, uh, a spouse or children that that may be there. But that could be a very big thing, too, is if you're taking care of mom and all of a sudden the kids are feeling left out or husbands husbands being left out. I talk to families all of the time. It's trying to find that balance. Um, We've had a survey on Answers for Elders Radio um, going on right now. 
the number one thing that people click is trying to figure out how to find time to balance your time to do it all. Um, you're not superwoman, superman. You're mm-hmm. just not. Nobody is. And it's all about taking care of yourself up front. So avoid caregiver burnout. Avoid, make sure you have that balance. Number mm-hmm. three is tracking your finances separately. Talk to me about that. That's a huge one. We talk about relationships. This is money is one of the most core issues in families. Um, everybody thinks of it differently. Everybody spends it differently. Everybody looks at it differently. <laughs> They're in a different financial situation. And so if you are taking care of a senior loved one, um, you are Obviously, there's two reasons why you need to do it. Number one is for full disclosure of financials without giving up your own personal disclosure of financials. If you have a separate caregiving account that you work from, guess what? You can give your siblings, people that you trust, the password to the bank account. They can look exactly what you're spending. Um, The average caregiver spends $5,500 a year. And when you're looking at that, I don't believe, number one, that you should have to bear that on your own. Mm -hmm. If you have siblings out there, they need to look at where the money's going and they need to help out if they're in a position to do so. Um, And that's a way that you can kind of come together as a team, as a family. And but the other reason, basically, that the hard part is, is guess what? Costs are incredibly high when it comes to senior care. And every there's no cookie-cutter solutions financially for a senior, whether they get veterans' benefits, whether they are you know, independently, privately wealthy. One of the things that's, that's interesting is there was a study not too long ago by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. Um, they say 43% of long-term care is paid by Medicaid. Hmm. 43%. Now, we know that 43% of our population is not in poverty. It's because seniors, it's very common that they outlive their money. Mm -hmm. And if you have to come to a situation where you have to qualify for Medicaid, your parent, so that they can be paid for over, you know, over time, guess what? (laughs) If you're going to go through that, then what you need to understand is, and this is the key is, is that you need to make sure that you protect yourself or you're going to be in a situation where your financials are going to be looked at. And to make it a simpler process, it's really a lot easier to have a separate account to do all that. It is. It certainly is. And I know in my situation with my mom and dad, you know, they were smart enough. My father had enough insight to create a trust from you know, mm-hmm. from from the time I was a little boy, mm-hmm. and my father's father passed away when he was eight years old. So he mm-hmm. saw what that did to his family. Right. So on the front of his mind, not the back of his mind, but at the front of his mind, always was, "When I pass away, I want your mother taken care of." Right. She would say that to me as a little boy. Mm-hmm. And so as time progressed on, the idea of a trust came right. into and so that that my mom and dad set up a trust a family trust and and after my dad passed you know there was that she trust was that was there she, she was the beneficiary of all of that right and then the family knew exactly 
exactly where my dad stood, mm-hmm. what my mom's finances were, and then was she was easy. taken care of for the rest of her life. And guess what? That goes back to the first point, right? Yeah. If you handle all these conversations up front, that's great. And yet, sadly, it's like I heard not too long ago, and I'm trying to remember the source, but it's 80% of families when there's a crisis, they don't have these things taken care of. Right. And so this is something that is so important to families today is that they take the time to handle these things. And the financial piece is huge. And and here's the the reality of it. It's like, you know, there's a lot of things that can happen even in a scenario if if my parents were fairly well off. You know, I lived in an in an upper middle class family on the water. You know, we had a tidelands out into the ocean. I mean, right. 450 front foot of water pr- property. You know how that was a pretty nice place to live. Right. But my mom ran out of money. Mm-hmm. She had to qualify for Medicaid. Because again, when you're paying $10,000 a month in assisted living like she was, it goes it goes awfully quickly. Well, which leads to our, our, our next point, mm-hmm. and it really is what we're talking about now, and that exactly. is be proactive. Yes. I think there's not a greater benefit that a parent can give to their child than to be proactive and look, in the, look ahead so that the child isn't forced to make decisions for their parents. Oh, I'm a, I, I cannot agree with you more. Um, these are the things, before your parent needs these things, I recommend families still set up a relationship because when that day comes, that's not the day you want to spend interviewing people, right? right? So number one, find a good, solid home care agency, somebody that provides in-home care. It may not be that your parent needs it yet. It doesn't matter. You want to make sure that that they understand the value system of your family. They understand, you know... what your mother's or father's likes or dislikes are. And those are the things I think that are so incredibly important. And so even before even mom or dad are, are sick, if they're in their mid-70s, yeah. or in, there's not a problem with these these, no. these care facilities aren't going to, uh, or home care no. agencies are not going to be offended if you say, hey, I want to check out what exactly. your services are. Exactly. How do you charge? What are the different types of options? And in order to make sure that they, you know, that you take care of these things, this is an important thing that you, if you already have, they already have their payment information on file. Maybe mom or dad gets sick with the flu and you're working. Okay. All you have to do is pick up the phone. They already have an established account. They already have the information that they need to take care of your loved one. Well, and also it kind of uh, mitigates the sticker shock. I mean, right. it's it's still going to cost you the same, but but sometimes when these families are starting to look at the health care expenses so. and and those kinds of things, they're like, oh my, you know, we didn't plan on this. No, we didn't even think about this. We did not realize this cost this much. Correct. And so, being proactive is really critical, isn't it? Right. Very much so. Very much so. Well, we've got more to talk about for sure. This is very interesting, Suzanne. I I know people are going to. Um, uh, want to hear a recording of this. So we're going to post this uh, recording on Answers for Elders, correct? We will. We will. Yeah. And so this full program, this full podcast will be available for you to be able to download and review again or maybe maybe even share with a loved one. And you can also get these tips out of my book, The Advocate's Heart, that is available on Amazon.com. Well, excellent. Well, listen, if you want to get more information about what we're talking about and 
a, a recording of this uh, program, you can always go to AnswersForEldersRadio.com. And uh, you can find all of the podcasts from all of our guests that are here on the program, as well as this program. So uh, we're going to go into our other points on the other side of this break. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 